Thank you, Susie. How good it is to have a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is also the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is alive and powerful, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I thank you that your word cuts our hearts with conviction and truth as we listen in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, times of crisis are times which are opportunistic, either for the devil or for God to do something new in our lives. When Jesus was in fasting for 40 days and nights, the enemy saw his opportunity to come and tempt him. But that was also his opportunity to win by the fight of faith based on the word of God. These times are also times I know that temptation can be strong in your life, whether it is through negativity, distress, fear. Fear can be a big thing in such times. Or even temptations of other sorts like substances, uh, wrong relationships. Because in such times, people can just give up and say, what's the point of being in faith? What's the toy point of trusting in God? Everyone is dying. So they're given to sins. They're given to temptations at such times. But let me tell you this. This is also a time where God is releasing a great revelation, great blessing upon the church. We just have to have the eyes of faith to see what God is doing. These are really opportune times for believers to go deeper in God, to be sharpened and prepared by the Word so that as the world begins to emerge from this darkness, there are untold blessings God has prepared for each and every one of you. Amen. So don't let these moments be moments where you are tempted and drawn away by the enemy to depression or fear or any temptation of other sorts. Let this be times when you are strengthened. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, be strong. Matthew 11 verse 5. I'm going to preach a message which I've entitled Acres of Diamonds. And it's basically about prosperity. About biblical success and blessing. But let me just begin from Matthew 11 verse 5. Because some of you may be wondering... I think we need a message on, on not giving up. I think we need a message on, on healing. Why a message on prosperity in such times? Well, Matthew 11, verse 5, Jesus says, The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus was not speaking metaphorically here. He was referring to those who are literally blind, literally lame, and literally deaf, who could begin to see, hear, and walk as Jesus ministered to them. What message does the sick need when they are sick? They need a message of healing. When someone is discouraged, what message do they need? They need a message of faith and hope. Well, when the world and even the church Christians are challenged with lack, because of this situation, the economic difficulties upon the earth. When we are challenged economically in such times, what is the message we need to hear? 
Jesus said, the poor have the gospel preached to them. We think the poor need money. No, the poor need the gospel. Because in the gospel is a message that is covering the entire need for mankind. The word salvation, soteria, which means the spiritual needs, physical needs, and the material needs of mankind for this life and even for eternity is covered. Salvation. The gospel message. See, we know the gospel is about our salvation in Christ, forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ, righteousness in Christ. And yes, that's all wonderful. But the gospel also includes the message that God wants to bless us, not only spiritually, emotionally, in our soul, but also materially in our body and in our material substances. That blessing is there in the atonement of Christ, the redemption of Christ. And that is why the poor and us, when we are suffering in these times, we need to hear a message of blessing that God has for us even in such times. Because this is the very message we need to come out of whatever malay or despondency there may be in the heart. Can you say amen? Let me give you three verses here quickly to prove to you again, you know this verse, that prosperity is the will of God. When I say prosperity, I'm not saying materialism. Don't confuse the two. I'm not saying greed because there is this attack against this message in the church. And even towards our church, where people say we are a prosperity church. We are not a prosperity church. We are a Jesus church. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But we preach the full gospel. And we are not ashamed of the words the Bible uses. The, world, the Bible uses the word prosperity, so we use it. Okay, Third John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's the word of God. Beloved, referring to Christians. God is saying, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everyone say in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God has given to us the treasure of heaven, the king of heaven himself, Jesus Christ, in redemption. How shall he not also with Christ freely give us all things? And of course, we know this so well because we have heard it in Sunday school. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Don't even have to look into the Bible. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all, all, all these things, not just spiritual things, but things, material, shall be added unto you. See, I don't know any Christians that can look at these verses and say it is not God's will to bless the Christian, to provide for his needs. It is sure. But there is a divine order. And the divine order is this. First the spiritual and then the external. First the internal as your soul prospers. So it's important that you are in faith first. It's important that there is no greed. You let the word of God bring humility. It's important that there's obedience, humility. It's important that there's generosity in your heart. It's important that you let go of your anger, your fear, and, and, and your jealousy towards others. Let the Lord transform you first within. Let the spirit of God begin to first work within. And then you will have the external blessings. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be 
added unto you. So we don't seek prosperity or blessings. We seek God. We seek to obey. We seek to let the Holy Spirit transform us. But along with that, the Bible says all these things will be added. And there is no condition in brackets that says only during good times. Only if you are in America. Only if you are from a good family. No, all these things shall be added unto you. Meaning even in difficult times. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Let me read this story to you. I read this a couple of weeks back. And I was so inspired in my heart. Because this is really the truth. And this is a message that Nagaland needs. It's called Acres of Diamonds. And it was told to a Baptist preacher, Russell Conwell, by an Arab guide. While he was traveling in the Middle East in the 19th century. They once lived not far from the river Indus. This is a story, all right? So the facts and the names may not really match up with geography, but this is a great story. There was an ancient Persian by the name of Alafed. Everyone say Alafed. Alafed owned a very large farm with orchards, grain fields, and gardens. He was a contented and wealthy man. Contented because he was wealthy and wealthy because he was contented. There's a lesson there. One day they visited his old farm, one of those ancient Buddhist priests. And he sat down by Alafet's fire and told the old farmer how this world of ours was made. And the priest gave him a story of how there was an explosion, there was fire, God's hand moved, and then there was the earth's crust that came up. And then when the earth's crust cooled very quickly, it became granite. When the crust cooled less quickly, it became silver. Less, less quickly, gold. And after golds, less quickly, diamonds were made. And the old priest said, diamonds are the last and highest of God's mineral creations, just as the woman is the last of God's animal creation. And there's no wonder that diamonds and women love one another. And the old priest told Alfred that if he had a handful of diamonds, he could purchase an entire country. And if he had acres of diamonds then he would be able to place each son on thrones of different kingdoms. So when Alfred heard about these diamonds and how much they were worth, he went to his bed that night, a poor man. Poor not because he had lost anything. Poor because he was discontented and discontented because he thought he was poor. Many of you are discontented because you think you are not blessed when you already are blessed in Christ. It's all about your perspective. He said, I want a mine of diamonds. So he lay awake all night and early in the morning he sought out the priest. He woke the priest out of his dream and said to him, will you tell me where I can find diamonds? The priest said, diamonds? What do you want with diamonds? Alafet said, I want to be really rich, but I don't know where to go. When the priest said, if you find a river that runs over white sands between high mountains, in those sands you will always see diamonds. Alafed said, do you really believe there is such a river? The priest said, plenty of them, plenty of them. And all you have to do is just go and find them. Alafed said, I will go. So he sold his farm, collected his money, left his family in charge of a neighbor. And away he went in search of diamonds. He began very properly in the mountains of Africa. Afterwards, he went into Palestine. Then he wandered into Europe. And at last, after seven years, when his money was all spent and he was in rags, in wretchedness and poverty, he stood on the shore 
of Barcelona in Spain. And when a tidal wave came rolling in through the pillars of Hercules, the poor afflicted suffering man could not resist the awful temptation to cast himself into the tides and he sank beneath its foaming crest never to rise again in this life. Now Alafed's successor, the one who bought his farm, one day was leading his camel out into the garden to drink and as the camel put his nose into the clear water of the garden brook, Alafed's successor noticed a curious flash of light from the sands of the shallow stream. And reaching in it, he pulled out a black stone having an eye of light that reflected all the colors of the rainbow. He took that curious pebble into his house and put it on the mantle and he forgot all about it. After a few days, the same old priest, the Buddhist priest who told Alafred about the diamonds came to the house and seeing the diamond on that mantle, please, that flash of light, he rushed to it and said, this is a diamond. Here is a diamond. And he said, has Alafed returned? They said, no, Alafed is not returned. But then the priest said, but this is a diamond. The successor said, this is a stone. We found it in the stream. But the priest said, I know a diamond when I see it. This is really a diamond. So together they rushed to the garden. They stirred up the sands of the brook, the river stream. And they found others more valuable and more beautiful diamonds than the first. And thus was discovered the diamond mines of Golconda, the most magnificent diamond mines in all the history of mankind, exceeding the Kimberley in its value, the great Kohino diamond in England's crown jewels and the largest crown diamonds on earth in Russia's crown jewels. Had Alafet remained at home and dug in his own backyard and in his own garden, instead of being discontented, he would not experience the starvation, the poverty, and finally his death. He was living under acres of diamonds while he was going out in search of other diamonds. There's another true story. This is about Colonel Sutter. A man in California in 1847 owned a ranch. But he read somewhere that gold had been discovered in another part of California. So he sold his farm to Colonel Sutter and he went looking for that gold that was reported to be found in the newspapers. While Colonel Sutter was running that farm, one day his little girl went into the wet sand of the river bank and brought it into the house to play with it in the fireplace. There was a visitor that was watching that little girl playing with that sand and saw the first shining scales of real gold that were discovered in California, and it was on Colonel Sutter's land, which he bought from that man, that man who went away looking for gold, never to return. The lesson of this story is very simple. You don't need to go somewhere else looking for blessing, prosperity from God, opportunity. All of the opportunity that you need for your life to succeed in God can be found right now in this time, in this season of your life. In your present community, with the family where you are, with the friends that you have, in the circumstances that you're going through. For best results, you need to dig in your own backyard, every one of us, your own field, your own circumstance, where God has placed you right now is the best place for you 
right now. But we've all heard of the term, the grass is always greener on the other side. And so we think, if only I was born in that place, if only I had a different father or a different mother or a different family, if only I was living in Bombay or in, Mumbai or in Delhi, if only I had different friends, if only I had a different background, if only I had better education, I would have become a success. So we all make excuses in the reason why we are not successful today, in the reasons why we are not doing anything with our lives today, not doing anything with our gifts and our talents and our abilities. But I know many in Nagaland who have gone to the other greener pasture and then they have actually not found that it was really green. In fact, it was bitter pastures. In Mumbai, in Bangalore, in Delhi. It was not green, it was stench water. Everything that you need for success is right here in this very place. I'm not saying God cannot take you other places to learn. But even if God takes you there, your success is in the circumstance where you find yourself in. How do we connect these two stories? Well, we know from the Word of God that it is God's will for every Christian, every believer to prosper, even as the soul prosper. Can you say Amen? Now, prosperity looks different in different settings, different countries, different contexts. In the West, it's different. In the East, it's different. We should never be discontented with the lifestyle in the West to think that our prosperity should measure to them. No. A church that is reaching out to the whole world needs resources that is different from a church that is just in the village taking care of the people in the village. Prosperity looks different, but the principle is the same. What's the principle? The principle is the word prosper. In the Greek is the word eudoio, which means to help you in your way. To help you. Prosperity is not about greed or materialism. It's about God helping you in the way of fulfilling your purpose God's will in your life. The word prosperity, it means to succeed in reaching your destination. That's what it means in the scripture. So God wants to help you succeed in reaching your destiny, reaching your purpose in life. And whatever you need along the way, God will provide. That's what prosperity means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that God's Word is His will. His will is found in His Word. And His will trumps all will. His will is greater than the circumstance, greater than any storm. That means, you see, Jesus spoke and what He said, it brought the storm into a point of calmness. So even God's Word is greater than the circumstance. That means if you will believe in His Word, His Word will work even during times of pandemic. Times of lack, His Word will work. Not only that, His Word is living and powerful. His Word is like a living two-edged sword. His Word is not a textbook word. It is not just words on pieces of paper. His Word is alive. It is living. If you will believe His Word, God will prosper you even in such times. In Genesis 26, don't have to turn there, but you know the story. There was famine in the land. And because of that famine, Isaac decided to go to Egypt. Isaac Kikon decided to go to Mumbai. But God said, do not go. Stay in the land and I will bless you here. So Isaac received the word of God. He believed the word of God and he stayed in the land and he sold in that land. Genesis 26 verse 12. 
He worked that land. He did not just say, God says he will bless me in that land. So I will wake up at 11 o'clock and I will sleep at 12 o'clock watching Netflix the whole night. I've done that a couple of times. So I'm not judging any one of you. But I'm just making a point that he was not just lazing around saying, if his God will bless me, let him bless me. No, God told him to stay. So he stayed, but he still worked the land. He sold in that land and the Bible says he gained a hundredfold that very year. See, God's word works in times of famine. If you will believe in the word of God, it will work even in these times of lack. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All that God wants you to do is believe. Believe and seek His way for your prosperity. His way. You need to do a couple of things. Number one, you need to stop listening to the complaints and the negativity and the cynicism of the majority. And you can see that all over social media. Majority of young people are not going to cynical, critical. They're complaining about Oh, there are no opportunities here in Nagaland. They'll complain. Oh, if only there was no corruption in the government, we would all be successful. If only there was no extortion. If only I was born in America. I've heard those excuses. I've made those excuses too. But did you know that there's corruption in every place, every country on the earth? There's extortion in every country on the earth. There, there are problems everywhere. And people still succeed. So just because you may be born in another country or your leaders may be different than Nagalese doesn't mean they're not corrupt. You will face the same problems. In fact, you may face greater problems outside. The point is to believe in God wherever you are and stop making excuses. Stop complaining. Let go of all that negativity and believe in the word of God. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen? Amen? See, look at a couple of things that I want to show you right now from the Word. Ephesians chapter 1, the first thing. We are predestined to be wherever we are right now. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So all of us are chosen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are chosen. You know what it means to be chosen? Ah, God liked you. How does it feel when you are the last one to be chosen on the sports field? You, you feel really, pretty bad. It's like, I'm the worst player here. But God chose you because God liked you. Amen. Look at verse 11. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance. Inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. God chose you before the foundations of this world. God predestined you. The word predestined you means God decided even before you came into the picture. It means that everything about your life has been decided in advance. Predestined is the belief that God chose you for salvation even before you were born on this earth. From before time began. Hallelujah. We are predestined. And it says, according to the counsel of His will. So that means not only salvation, but the major markers of your life, where you are born, to which parents you are born, what tribe you are born in, in which village or town or city you are born in, it was predestined, predetermined by God's counsel and will. The kind of father you have, the kind of siblings you have, 
whether you are from a backward tribe, forward tribe, ST tribe. These are all terms made by man. But God predetermined where you'll be born. You are not here by chance. You are not a fluke of nature. God determined, placed you, appointed you so that you will be going through this time right now. For such a time as this, you are here on the earth, which means God has given you grace and ability to thrive in the pandemic. The very fact that you're alive on the earth as a believer in such time means God wants you to ride the waves of the storm. Not be sucked into the storm and drown. Not be sucked into the wave. No, ride it like the ones who ride it, you know. Surfboard riders, how to ride the waves. God wants you to ride the waves. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. See, God predetermined that you'll be here in such times. You are here in Nagaland. It's not by chance. It's not by mistake. If only I had a different father. If only I had a different family. If only I had a different family background. Many times we wish those things. Those thoughts come upon us. It tempts our feelings. I know it. I've gone through that. Especially when we go through pain. We go through lack. We go through difficulty. We see all those beautiful pictures on Instagram and we wish we were somewhere else. God decided God to pleasure. God was happy to make you a Naga. Turn to your neighbors, I'm happy to be Naga. <laughs> Amen. Not only are you predestined, you are born again. That means when you're born again, you have obtained an inheritance. That inheritance includes Christ as your wisdom. Christ as your creativity, your ingenuity, the guidance that comes from God in whatever you do. That is your inheritance. And of course, that inheritance includes provision, abundance for every good work. Material blessings is included in the provision. My God shall supply all your need. Hallelujah. Now you have to believe the word. You have to believe the word. And then you have to seek God for his way of blessing you. You have to seek God. It doesn't just come automatically. You have to seek your personal way. Out of your relationship with him, you have to seek A couple of months back, I had gone to a house to pray for a certain lady and one of the sisters in that house told me that last, last year, last, last year, during the pandemic, while she was listening to our sermon online, she doesn't even come to this church. She's not even a member of this church, but she believed the word. She was listening to my message and I was saying something about be creative, let the Lord lead you. And then when she took that word, it dropped in her heart that she should start baking. So she immediately got into the project and she started baking and advertising on Instagram, on the internet. And then people started giving her orders and she was able to earn enough to be able to buy ovens and then increase her business. So that was God's way of prospering her. She took the message, she believed it, and she let the Lord give her a personal word. Let me share with you another testimony. Hello, pastor. Hope everything is fine at your end. I want to share how happy I am and how God is really lifting up my business. The online electrical shop that I created upon which you prayed has been very successful. And as you have clearly mentioned, favor and connections has drastically increased. I thank our almighty God and I thank you too. And of course, he sent his 
offering to us also. Because since this lockdown, I get my spiritual food from Faith Harvest Church and my family is so blessed through your messages. This same person came in the year 2014 and while he was in the sermon, I preached and I prophesied about somebody wanted to do business, but was discouraged. He knew it was him. He received the word. He believed it. The Lord blessed him. He started an electrical shop. But during the pandemic, he started online. So that was God's way of blessing him. And he's not like someone who comes regularly. He doesn't come to this church. And yet they are blessed through the message of this church. What about you? Huh? Take the word of God, not as Pastor Sean's word. As God speaking. Amen. Number two. Number one is what? You are predestined to be here in this land, in this family, in Kohima, in Dimapur, wherever you are. So accept that, enjoy it, and believe in God that in your own circumstance is your diamond mind. Number two. You already have a diamond mind. All of you have a diamond mind. What do I mean by that? Consider this. Number one, your heart. Your heart is a diamond mind. All of us have a heart, right? What do you do with your heart? You believe in God. For it is with the heart one believes. So your heart is used for faith, to believe in God. But why is faith so important? Well, because Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith, which is, comes from your heart, is what you can give to God. And when you give faith to God, God begins to work in your life. That means every promise and every possibility, every dream and desire God put in your heart can come to pass if you will believe. And where do you believe from? Your heart. So you begin from your heart. Your heart is a diamond mine. It is not the government grant that comes from Delhi. Amen. Your heart, if you believe, every man that made it big in any field had to believe. Whether they are believers or not, they still believed in something. It always begins in the place of belief. Believing in God. Believing in this word. See, if love is the greatest gift God can give to us, the greatest gift we can give to God, you know, is our faith. That we believe in His Word. Now, many people will come in church and cry, oh, the worship song was so amazing. Oh, the presence of God. Oh, oh my hands were tingling. They will say all those things, but they don't believe the Bible. No, there's nothing wrong with hands tingling. My hands tingle at times when I'm worshiping. I cry when I worship. But I tell you, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you can have all those things. But if you don't believe in His Word, the Bible says you're not pleasing God. Faith is believing what He said. 
And he said, beloved, I wish above all things to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Believe in his word. Believe in his promises. That is your gift to God. You see, not only do you need to believe for God, you need to believe for your own self. Your gift to yourself is to believe in yourself. Believe in your value. Believe in the worth that you have. Believe in your unique giftings. Believe in yourself. That's your gift you give to yourself. Can you say amen? Because when you believe in yourself, you can make something wonderful out of your life. God wants to make something wonderful out of every one of you. You are a son of God. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You are a prince. You are a princess. You are given birth to by God himself as sons of God. See, Christ's life is given to us to save us. Our life must be given to God for his glory. That means God wants to create something great out of every one of us. Can you say hallelujah? The second thing is this. Consider this. Your mind. Your mind. Amen. Between your ears, you already own free and clear the most powerful problem-solving engine. It's your mind. All of you own that. Come on, knock on your head. It's not making sound like a dong, dong, right? It means there's something inside. Yes or no? There's something inside. You already own the most powerful visualization and creativity tool ever devised. Your brain is given to you freely. You see, your brain is better, faster, more efficient than any computer ever invented by man. Man cannot even imagine of creating a computer like, exactly like the human brain. It's impossible. It's the truth. This is your diamond mine. If only I was born in Amitabh Bajan's family. <laughs> this is your diamond mind. Can you say hallelujah? The problem is the system of education, your own parents or society have taught us to paralyze our brain. We have not taught us to exercise our brain. So we were like, oh, center by kupo sadanaido. Center by kupo sadanaido. Government posanaido. Christmas suka. Government posanai, Christmas suka. Government posanai, Christmas suka. So we're not thinking. We're only thinking of one way of money coming. We're not thinking of what about my hands? What about my. You see, the system where government keeps on sending money to Nagaland, the system is going to finish. I'm telling you, very soon it's going to finish. In fact, all around the world, governments are spending more than they can earn themselves. So what are they doing? They are overtaxing the people. That's why your fuel prices are going so high. Where do you think the government has the money to pay for the vaccines? The money is coming out from your pocket. How? Because they're increasing the tax on the fuel. They're increasing taxes everywhere. We don't realize it, but the government is also at loggerheads. So they 
think that they will just tax more. Tax more. In America, they're taxing more. In India, they're going to tax more. So the future is not for people who are just used to just getting free money from some other place. If you are that kind of a person, you have a bleak future. Bleak future means dark future for you. I'm telling you the truth. You have to use this. Well, what about faith? Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your faith, and your mind also, the Bible says. That means use your brain. When you use your brain, you're loving God. No, I thought loving God was just going to prayer house and praying all day. Do that at least two, three times a year, but not 300 days a year. Go and love God with all your heart and after that, come and use your brain. (laughs) Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You must use your brain. Books. Read. There are tools. You know, courses available. There's a wealth of knowledge available. We are living in the golden age of mankind. Did you know that? Within the golden age was Mohenjo-Daro. Golden age. Those were backward days. The golden age of mankind is today. When all the wealth of mankind is available right in your fingertips. Available access to wealth of information that you can go study, you can go and observe and then bring all that learning to apply to the problems that are there in our own community. And that is how we will prosper. That man I told you about the electrical shop. He said before the pandemic started, he found an app. So he decided he would use that app. He began to work on that app and he started an online electrical shop on the app. He used his brain. And that's how his business prospered. You have to dig your own backyard, yo. Nijo Ketigi Dabina. See, what we are seeing in Nagaland, all of us are leaving a keti and we come to Kohima Dimapur thinking, Kohima Dimapur is where the pot at the end of the rainbow is. Lezo was sharing this story about this young man in Sikkim. You see, from New Jalpaiguri railway station to Gangtok, there's a problem because Travel, a lot of tourists come, but they don't know how to get there because they don't know how to get taxis. And then taxis will overcharge. So there was a problem that needed to be solved. So this young man decided to create an app and he used that app to connect the travelers to the taxi drivers so that the people who come by train, come by by plane, they can just go on the app, book a taxi, the proper prices, get a verified taxi driver, and then go all the way up to Gangtok. He was able to have 400 plus drivers with him. Became a rich man. He didn't have to buy one taxi. Became a rich man. How? He simply used his mind because that resource, that, that expertise was already on the internet. There are already others doing that. He simply used his mind. He was able to create something and he became wealthy. And he did that by serving the community. How did he serve the community? He solved the problem for people. Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 26, Whoever of you desires to become great, let him be your servant. This is a principle that is worked by every huge company. 
Do you know the world uses the principles of Jesus without believing in Him? This principle is this. If you will serve people by solving their problems, you will gain influence. Companies increase the market share. Companies increase the business by solving problems for people. And of course, sometimes they tell you that you have a problem and you don't have a problem. They market it so well. They help solve problems. They create solutions that people buy. And that's how they become great. Every problem out there in Nagaland, in Kohima, Dimapur, is actually a diamond in the rough. You just have to train your eyes to see the possibilities instead of complaining. Oh, oh so much extortion. I'm minister of corrupt. Instead of complaining like that, hang out with those people because if you listen to that all the time, your heart will not see the possibilities anymore. Your heart is trained to only see negativity and to only see anger everywhere. Amen. Do you know that when diamonds are picked up from the ground, they are not that shiny product which you see on the hands of girls? They're always rough, dark at times. It takes a trained eye to see that there is a diamond in that rock and it takes work to polish it till it is seen on the hand. The problems that are there in the community today are actually diamonds waiting for a trained eye to polish it, to work it. And that's where your blessing is. I saw an Instagram yesterday about School Alu and more. Have you seen that? School Alu? LFR School Alu is available on Instagram. Somebody saw, wait a minute, we can do something with it. So make it available. Thousands of girls with nostalgia, LFR's girls. Wanting to eat school alu with whatever crackers. And they're buying. Amen. See, your provision, your blessing, your prosperity is not in your bank account. It's not in some projects you make. Of course, the project also helps because you're using abilities. But let me tell you this. It's in your gifts, your talents, your abilities. So consider the second thing. Heart, mind. The third thing is this. Your gifts. Each of you have gifts, if you, if you have abilities and talents, natural and then even spiritual. Gifts given by God, like leadership, creativity, mercy, and so on. That is your diamond mind. You have to work that. In Deuteronomy 28, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 8, I believe it's in verse 8. God gives us the power to create wealth. He doesn't give us wealth. He gives us the grace. That means your wealth, God's provision for you, God's blessing for you is hidden where? In your hands. Is it in here? God's provision for you is hidden in your gift, in your abilities. And if you will work that, all these things will be added to you. God's blessing, God's provision, God's abundance will come. It is hidden. It won't come freely. You have to work it. Consider the fourth thing. You have a body. You have hands, feet, the ability to work, strength. Now, when Moses asked God, 
how am I going to go to Egypt and deliver Israel? I have nothing. Well, how are you going to do it? God told Moses, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Moses said, I only have a rod. So God asked Moses, cast it to the ground. He threw it to the ground. It became a snake. The moment it left Moses' hands, God's hand came on it and it turned into another object. Of course, God told Moses to pick it up again. And God said, I'm going to use whatever's in your hand. So what do you have in your hand today? What do you have in your circumstance? What do you have in your life today? That's where God will begin. Stop longing for a bigger place and, and, and a better city. Stop longing for something else which will never come. Where you are today, the seed for your destiny is in the circumstance where you are today. You have to use what's in your hand. God wants to use what is in your hand. God will use what's in your heart. God will use what is in your life today. But you have to cast it to the ground. You have to use it. You have to sow. You have to use your gift, your talents, and your abilities. And God will use that very thing to deliver you out of Egypt. To deliver you out of poverty and lack. Let me also say this. Nagaland is a diamond mine. I tell you, Nagaland is a diamond mine. All the years, because of the narrative in society, we've been trained to look at Nagaland with eyes of familiarity, in a sense, also to despise. We've been trained to think like that. But if you go to any country of the world, 20 years back, 30 years back, 100 years back, they were like Nagaland, they had nothing. But the people worked it. The people developed it. Singapore was nothing about 60, 50, 70 years ago. That's a fishing village. And now it's become one of the most developed nations in the world. How? The people worked it. Amen. You have to see possibilities where you are. Instead of wishing you were somewhere else. Because I tell you, people from Rajasthan, Bihar, Bangladesh, Assam. They're looking to Nagaland as the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's true. What do I say? Nagaland Jabodo. Nagaland Jagna Posa Bishibunaido. Nagamanukando. Eh, Nagaland Kubinai. Eh, Nagaland Kubinai. Who started this story? We are so foolish, I tell you. Nagaland is a diamond mine. You have to see that with the eyes of faith. Hallelujah. Instead of wishing you were somewhere else, work the possibilities, the opportunities, solve the problems that are here today. Just in this pandemic, not the last year, this year also, I've seen a couple of Biharis prosper like man. Just in these two months also, They find some way or the other. Now, we all have this story, uh, you know, buy local, support local. I've decided I don't want to buy local or support local unless the local guy gives me the same price as the Bihari. Because local should not be charity. And our people will never learn 
if we are only expecting, buy local because we're local as a charity, charge 50 rupees more than everyone else. Come on, we got to compete at the same level. Amen. It's the truth. Nagaland is a diamond mine. Hallelujah. Is it possible to become a great man in Nagaland? Yes. Is it possible to become a rich man? Yes. It's possible. We just have to find God's way for us. God's way specifically for you. See, greatness is not about getting an award and then everyone says you're great. It's not about getting a great title, going to a great place. Greatness is you today doing little things in a great way. And that is where it will begin. Do whatever you're doing today in a great way. There are already so many great men and women here in Nagaland. But we think they're great only if an award comes from the center, right? And some of those awards are so dubious. Knuckly awards. But we run after them thinking that makes us great. No. It's your heart, your mind, your gift, your talents, your abilities, and your body. This is it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Number three. Understand God's purpose for true prosperity. And we'll close with a couple of scriptures here. Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 to 3. Prosperity again is not for your greed. It's not for materialism. It's not just for your pleasure alone. Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. God said, I will bless you. Amen. And make your name great and your name and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is God's covenant with Abraham. The promise that Abraham will be the heir of the world. Our covenant of prosperity is also in this blessing that God spoke over Abraham. The purpose of prosperity is this. God blesses you so that you can be a blessing. God said, I will bless you, Abraham, and you will be a blessing. The purpose of prosperity is God wants his people to be blessed so that his people can bless the world, reach the world, and the world will see God or his grace and his goodness through the church. I mean, Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Can you say amen? Which means it is a greater blessing to be in a position of giving than to be in a position of divina. Na? Nagaling government. We act very big here, but when you go to center, divina, divina, ikuna, divina. Honestly. Now, of course, we will always need but we have to be able to produce ourselves. We're still not. Of course, we have a lot of excuses for that. Underground is one of them. However, coming back to the point, it is a greater blessing to be a giver than to be a taker. 
According to the Bible, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So instead of always being in a position of taking, Nagas should believe that we will be in a position of giving. Giving so that we can bless the nations. Build churches around the world. Bless orphans around the world. See, God wants us to be in a position of giving. How can you give if you don't have? How can you just walk in God's prosperity blessings if you don't believe? A lot of people oppose prosperity, but they're the ones always praying for, Lord, give me more, 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 give me more. They're praying to be blessed. They're praying for their children to be blessed, but they don't believe in what the Bible says about prosperity. So this promise is not only for Abraham. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Anyone has any meeting after this church? Important social engagements? If not, we can stay for another half an hour. Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse 29. And if you are Christ, how many of you are Christ? Let me see your hands. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Glory to God. I'm Abraham's seed. Come on, everyone say this to me. I am Abraham's seed. That means the same promise to Abraham. Come on, say it. The same promise to Abraham is also a promise to me. Heirs according to the promise. You are inheritors of the covenant promise of prosperity. Heirs. Because we're Abraham's seed. Because we're Christians. Look at verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. We don't believe Abraham, but Abraham is a believer. So he's a believing man. That's what the Bible says. Blessed with believing Abraham. May it also be said of us, blessed with believing Sean. Blessed with believing Thompson. Two conditions mentioned here. Number one, a believer. Born again. Number two, in faith. If you are a believer and if you are in faith, you are qualified for this covenant of blessing upon your life. Many disqualified themselves from the blessings of God, from the covenant of prosperity because of the past experiences, decay, because they think I have committed sin, past failures, unworthiness, inferiority complex, or because they say, well, I'm background, my family is not good, uh, my family line. Listen, if you are born again, you are from, from a different family line. Can you say, I'm from Abraham? Abraham's seed, according to the promise. Hallelujah, Jesus is in my line. Hallelujah. I'm from Jesus. We are qualified. But it is by faith that we must appropriate. By faith. We must believe this. By faith. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verses 7 to 10. No one is sleeping. So I'll take that as permission to continue. Another 10 minutes. Is that okay? All right. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. This is 
an expansion of Abraham's promise. The same promise. Promised land. For Abraham, now for the Israelites. So this is the same covenant. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. The promised land in the Old Testament is a type of our inheritance today in Christ. And our inheritance in Christ also includes this, that we will lack nothing. Look at verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. That He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Same covenant in which you will lack nothing. He gives us power, that means the grace which is your mind, your heart, your hands, your gifts, your abilities, creativity, wisdom. He gives you the power to create wealth. So when you work on an app and you're able to create business and have money coming in and you're able to employ people, you are creating wealth. Do you know that the money in your wallet is not wealth? It's not true wealth. It's only paper money. That in itself is not money. So don't get fooled. Learn good economics, sound economics. That paper that is in your wallet, it's not money. It's just something that represents some value to which you're able to do commerce. Real wealth is when you are able to invest in things of value or create value. Wealth is education. Wealth is never giving up. Wealth is industry. Wealth is diligence. Wealth is hard work. See, hard work is part of God's way for prospering us. Diligence. I'm going to talk about that in the days to come. So, no lack, grace to create wealth. Okay? For what purpose? The purpose is to establish the covenant. The covenant refers to the gospel, which is God's covenant to mankind. Jesus dying on the cross, shedding his blood, is a covenant that God wants mankind to believe in. So the purpose is the covenant, which means to finance the gospel, to give generously to church or ministries reaching the lost, to give to ministries that establish the word of God in people. I'm not ashamed to say that I want your money. I'm not greedy for your money. I want your money because that is the way that you obey God and establish His covenant and that's the way God will bless you more. I'm not afraid to talk of money. People criticize churches talking about money. We talk of money the Bible way and teach you to be in faith and give the right way because that's the way God will prosper you and provide more for you so that you can give more. The purpose is to establish the, uh, the covenant. So let me ask you this question. How much do you give for God's purposes? Very important question to ask in your heart. Because if we don't understand the proper use of a thing, it's called abuse, misuse, or neglect, or failure. 
The proper use of prosperity, the resources that God has blessed you is to establish the covenant, the proper use. To use it any other way is called an abuse or a misuse or a neglect. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and we'll close tonight. I'm just jumping several points. I want us to close with this prayer, all of us together. It's a prayer that God will prosper and increase you. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9. Now Jabez, this is a chapter of genealogies. All you see in this chapter is this person gave birth to this, this person gave birth to this, this were the sons of this, the father, and all that. And suddenly in the midst of that, you have two verses that talk about Jabez. He was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. What specific pain, we don't know. Maybe he came from a difficult background. Maybe there was a scandal surrounding his birth. Maybe he was born in tragedy, in shame, or difficulty. So his name also means pain. And maybe your background represents pain to you, some of you. Your failure has caused you pain. Your circumstance has caused you pain. And you are in pain. And you feel like you're not going to prosper. God's not going to lift you up because of your pain. Jabez's name was pain, but yet he believed in God. And he said in verse 10, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Look at what he prayed. Lord, bless me. There's nothing wrong in asking the Lord to bless you. When we say, Lord, bless me so that I can give, that's a biblical prayer. When you say, Lord, bless me so that I can hide, that's not good. We are blessed to be a blessing. Can you say, Amen? Lord, bless me. He said, enlarge my territory. And that's what you need to be praying right now. Enlarge my territory means enlarge my gifts, my wisdom, my relationships, my opportunities, my connections. Enlarge my business, enlarge my sphere, Lord. Let your hand be upon me, meaning favor. Let your favor be upon me, Lord. That I may not cause pain. Yeah, that's a good prayer. Even if you are born in pain, even if you have experienced pain, it's good to pray, Lord, that I may not cause pain. In other words, that I may be a blessing. No matter what my background, Lord, let my life leave a legacy of blessing. I may have come from a divorced background, my father and mother, but Lord, let my marriage be one that is a testimony of commitment. Pray that prayer. My father may be an alcoholic, but Father, I'm praying that you will let my life be a testimony of consecration and holiness. Can you say amen? That I may not cause pain. That means, Lord, that I may be a producer, that I may be a giver, I may be a blesser. That is what we're going to pray. Come, let's all stand to your feet. 
If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.